We're in our sermon series, Balanced. My desire is that you will understand that the series about how we can be a healthy church. And our text this morning is the same as it's been in every sermon in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. We find within these verses five components uh, where we can have a healthy church. And so if you notice in verse 42, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Now, notice these next, this next verse. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Service. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So, so far in our message series of Balanced, we have looked at worship. Worship is where we acknowledge the supreme worth of Jesus. He is worthy, isn't he? We've looked at discipleship, and our goal in discipleship is to create, to encourage people who will follow Jesus, to become like Jesus, and they themselves will in turn make disciples. Fellowship, we looked at last week, and it's important for us to have intimate relationships with other brothers and sisters in Christ that might propel us in our walk with Christ, that might encourage us when we're down, when might uplift us and build us up uh, in, in, these, in these relationships. And today, we're looking at service, service. When I came to Faith in Alar, our, our former pastor, now my assistant pastor, uh, had given the staff the duty to read a book titled Excellence Wins. It was authored by Horst Schultz, uh, no related to Eric Schultz, different spelling. Um, but in this book, he basically laid out a, a just beautiful principles of better customer service, let's call it. Don't you wish you would have great customer service? Are we not? I mean, we go to a restaurant. We'll go to some restaurants after church today, or, you know, we'll go to the AT&T store, or we'll go to, you know, that, that really, uh, you know, like Walmart, or, you know, or that really upscale place called Target, or, you know, something, right? We'll go, and, and what we see lacking today is good customer service. And boy, he really lays out, uh, you know, a, a good plan to have good customer service. But he's a Christian. And a lot of the foundation behind what he writes has to do with his relationship with Jesus and the idea of service. 
He has a little thing he says that in his book that he wants the people that work for him to have an understanding that it's ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. If you go up into our staff meeting room, you'll see a poster. I know many of you have seen this poster before. I believe it was even out in the lobby a little bit. But, but based off this book, this idea and the scriptures that, that, that as a staff, and we want you to catch it too, is that ministry is about people, and people need a personal touch. Amen. And so based on these things, I want us to really talk about serving, ladies and gentlemen, serving ladies and gentlemen with a personal touch. Because a serving church is a healthy church. And, a, and if you serve, serving others can not only change the life of the ones you serve, but it'll impact your life too and draw you closer to Jesus. So what is service? What does it mean to serve? In the New Testament, we see three primary Greek words translated service. The first we find in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. It's from the Greek word latreia, and it's translated service in the New King James. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So the first 11 chapters, the Apostle Paul laid out the beautiful plan of salvation and what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us, who we are, who he is, and what he's done for us, and that we should trust him for our salvation. And based on God's mercy then, that in return that we should present our bodies sacrificially living a holy and acceptable life because it's only reasonable we do so. But it only makes sense. If Jesus offered himself as the ultimate sacrifice, he gave his entire life on our behalf, doesn't it only seem reasonable that in return that we give the entirety of our life to him? Absolutely. And so he uses this word reasonable service, but... This idea of service here is also translated worship. ESV translates it worship. NIV translates it worship. The idea is this behind the service had more to do with, like in the Old Testament, the priests going about their day-to-day obligations or duties and responsibilities for worship. Like, you know, they would take care of the table of showbread. They would make sure that the menorah, the lights, they'd put on the the, make sure that the incense were on the altar of incense. They were going, they'd slaughter the animals. They were doing their religious service, form of worship. So this is used in this idea that we serve God. This is our responsibility and duty to serve God because of what he's done for us. Notice this. There's the Greek word douleo or uh, doulos, which has oftentimes translated as serve or slave, a bond slave, a bond servant. In Galatians 5.13, 
Paul writes, For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but notice this, but through love, right, that should be the motivation, serve, duleo, one another. In other words, be someone else's slave in serving other people. Our last word is diakoneo, and notice in Matthew 20, 27, and 28, it says, and whoever would be the first among you must be your slave, duleo. Man came not to be served, diakoneo, but to serve, diakoneo, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So in this particular scripture, the disciples went, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God? And Jesus says, one who's willing to be a slave and a servant. A slave and a servant. That takes great humility. So these words, in fact, you know where we get, we, we, we get our English word deacon from this this word, which is basically their servants. In fact, it, in the, excuse me, in the book of Acts, chapter 6, as a church was just growing, there was a portion of the church that was being neglected. And the apostles, they prayed about it, and they, they said, you know what, let's select to ourselves seven men that gave some, you know, full of the Holy Spirit, well-respected, that can serve over this marriage. Because they said this, why should we, not that they don't serve, but, but, but as a growing, thriving church, it was very difficult for the apostles to, to handle it all. So why should we go, and they use, they use this term, should we go and wait tables and take us from prayer and the ministry of the Word, which is so important. And so let's get seven people who can assist us in ministry to set them over this task of service, of waiting tables. You know, I, I appreciate our waiters and waitresses and restaurants, and we've had some dandies, right? So, Shelly, when you went to uh, um, Skinny J's, right? She just went to Skinny J's the other day, and we have a favorite waitress there. Her name's Margarita. And uh, Margarita's amazing. And, and, and Shelly went there, and Margarita says, where have you all been? So, we need, so as a staff, we need to go visit Skinny J's so we can, you know, visit Margarita. And she provides wonderful, wonderful service with a smile on her face. She has the mentality of ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. And that ministry is about people, and people need a personal church. She gets it. She gets it. To serve. And that's what we're talking about. And so if I was just kind of make a working definition of service, that service is ministry. In fact, it's kind of the same idea, same word. It encompasses a variety of activities to promote spiritual growth and to provide care and support for others. In other words, what I hope that we understand is that there is not one task that we can do that's too good for us or beneath us, that we can see the needs of people 
whether it's spiritual, perhaps physical, maybe even emotional, that we can serve them, you know, they, they, they might be drawn closer to Christ. That God might use us to impact their life. But you know what, sometimes I find out that when God uses me to impact someone else to serve them, it, it usually impacts my life too, in some way, some form, in some fashion. So why should we serve? Why should we serve? Let's go back to the passage in Matthew chapter 20. Because Jesus did. The creator of the universe, the all-powerful, all-knowing God who was manifest in the flesh served his creation. You know, sometimes when you think about you go and you visit a king, in some sense we feel like, oh, you know, I need to serve them. I'm, I'm giving honor to them. But our, the king of kings and the Lord of lords served humanity. It wasn't beneath him. And so he says, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. And notice this, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. We should serve because Jesus did. It was not beneath him to wash the feet of his disciples. You have to understand, to wash feet in the culture in which Jesus and the apostles lived was like the lowest task for a servant to do. I mean, have you seen, I mean, could you imagine some of their feet? I mean, they didn't have, you know, Air Jordans. You know, full-covered shoes necessarily. They wore sandals. Maybe some of them even walked barefoot. I mean, they'd be calloused, and they'd be dirty, and they'd come in the house, and, and, and the host of the house would make sure, maybe even have a, have a servant, wash the feet of their guests. I don't know about you, but y'all have some weird, ugly feet. I don't think I want to touch them. You know what I'm saying? But Jesus did. He washed feet. And before, you know, when he went to the upper room to celebrate the Passover, Jesus knew what was about to come. And he left a lesson with his apostles. As I have basically washed your feet, you do likewise. Serve. Because Jesus served. But notice that we're doing it because we're encouraged to serve. In fact, I, will, I, 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 I battled whether to say encouraged or commanded. Yes. We are commanded to serve. As believers in Jesus Christ, based on what Jesus did for us and the example that he set, we should serve. So I'm going to ask you, do you serve? Or do you have the attitude that you want to be served? Because we should be servants. 
and slaves ministering to people for the glory of God. But also because of what Jesus did for us. Notice, he gave his life as a ransom for many. This is what I know. The Bible tells us that there are two great commandments. The first and the most important is to love God with our whole heart, our whole soul, our whole being, and to love our neighbor as ourself. Based on the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Based on what he has done for us. We had this, this long discussion in our class today, in our home builders class. We were talking about the Lord's Supper. And we only got through two questions out of 12. We didn't get very far in our lesson. But I want you to think about with me just a little bit as I took them through this, this exercise of what Jesus did for us. I want you to think about who Jesus is. He is the creator of the universe. He is God who is manifested in the flesh, who left the perfection of heaven to come into a corrupt world the creator of the universe. It was the creator of the universe who hungered and thirsted. It was the creator of the universe who was beaten severely beyond recognition. It was the creator of the universe who was mocked and laughed and the crowd shouted, crucify him, Crucify him. It was the creator of the universe who was nailed to a cross, which was an excruciating death. Because he loved us. Look, the God of the universe did not send a second-rate individual to die on our behalf. He came himself. He loves you that much. Is it just a small thing then that we would serve him and serve those that he loves? To serve like Jesus because of what he's done for us. Because Jesus can use us to meet the needs of others in order to make a spiritual impact in other people's lives. I want to share with you just, just briefly a story, a true story, about a man in the church that I used to be the youth pastor. His name's Steve. And Steve would help the, the evening Wednesday night youth program uh, with me. And, and, and Steve would admit, he, I'm not, I'm not, he says, I'm not a teacher. Um, I, I, I don't know what I can do, but he, he, he sincerely desired to serve in some way. And so we had this long discussion 
one night. And I said, well, Steve, what do you like to do? Now, he was a mechanic by trade. He worked for the Honda dealership in Little Rock. And, and, and she says, well, he, I, I, he goes, I'm really good at cars. And I said, Steve, do you think that by your natural ability that God can use that for his glory? He goes, well, I never thought about that. And I said, well, think about how you might be able to use that ability to bless others, to minister to the needs of others. And so Steve th thought about it for a while, and all of a sudden there was a widow woman in our church with some car problems. Do you know what he did? He provided his time to fix her car. It was a blessing to that widow. And all of a sudden, then there was another need, and then another need, and he would just simply provide his time. Now, he couldn't buy all the parts that they needed, but let me tell you, he saved the members of the church quite a bit of money. And, it, and you saw a change in Steve, that God blessed him by being a blessing to others. That's amazing. And so how then can you serve? Maybe you've asked that question. How can you serve? Well, first, I don't want to talk about the particular you could do this or this, but, but first I want to talk about your motivation by having the right motivation to serve. Notice in Deuteronomy 10, 12, it says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, and serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Why do you do what you do? Hopefully, it's because you love God. But, you know, think about it. Some people, when they think about, oh, man, I want to serve God, they want to be on the big stage. I mean, I appreciate uh, Aaron and, you know, our praise team and our uh, musicians, they are amazing, they, they're great, but I know this, I can't sing. Some of you are nodding your head, yes, you're right, you can't, I stood next to you in worship. But you know, I don't sit there and start thinking, you know what, I want to I wanna, I wanna just sing with all this, I know my ability. But some people, you know, have you ever seen American Idol? Right? So you say, is it still on? Okay. So I, I remember the early years watching American Idol. These poor people, they were lied to by their parents and friends that they could sing. You know what I'm saying? And they get there playing, and it's like my dogs are howling because it's so bad. Right? And, and, and maybe they just didn't understand their, their talent to their desire, right? I, I mean, I want to sing. I want to sing for Jesus, uh, but I, I'm comfortable right from the sit chair, or in my car, or in my shower, or in a closed room where no one can hear. It's good. I generally make a joyful noise. It just might not be as joyful those who hear. Well, some people might look, well, you know, I want to be a teacher. I can be up front. And I, I begin to think about this. You know, people just want to be in front of people. Why? What's the motivation?
prayerfully is because you love Jesus. But what if, what if God said for you, you know what? I want you to be the best toilet scrubber. You might not be known, you might not even, people may not even recognize that the toilet is clean, but would you do that task? I don't know about you all. You all appreciative of clean toilets? That's right. But imagine somebody did that, and I'm thankful for them. Amen. So what is your motivation? I know it doesn't sound very glamorous, does it? I'm the church's toilet scrubber. It doesn't sound very, very glamorous, but I tell you what, you may not realize it, but it makes an impact. Could you imagine if a guest comes into the bathroom and it's filthy, dirty? That might be the last time they're ever here. You don't realize that even doing the, maybe what we see, the most lowest task, the impact that it could make on guests and members. So what's your motivation? Hopefully it's because you love Jesus and you love his people. Notice this. Also by preparing to serve. Paul wrote to the Ephesians. He says that God has given you some wonderful gifts. Apostles, teachers, pastors, evangelists for this purpose. To equip the saints for the work of what? Ministry. That word is from diakonos. Ministry, service for the building up of the body of Christ. And so as a staff, as a church, we invest in people that they will do the work of the ministry, that they will prepare themselves to do what God has asked us as a church to accomplish. That we might see sometimes this word building up is translated edification, right? To build up to strengthen, to encourage, to erect, to, to, to achieve something. And ultimately, what Paul says here is that we can become more like Jesus. And so the entire church is involved in service or ought to be. You see, it's just not the paid staff. And it's not the deacon's responsibility only to do ministry. It's the responsibility of every member, where every member is a minister, serving people. And there are a variety of ways you can serve here at Faith and Alar. You can volunteer in an area of ministry. We have on our church center app, Aaron's going to really like that I said this, on our church center app, if you go into, like, where's my place? It has in there a, a section that says how much training is needed, a little star to show you, and there's a variety of areas that we try to update from time to time, uh, like our audio-visual. Um, we need volunteers for welcome desk. We have volunteers to be greeters. We have welcome desk to be ushers. We have volunteers to do a variety of things. Alice can use all the help in the children's department she can get. Of course, with that, you need to be background checked <laughs> and uh, trained. 
Uh, there, there's some, some things with that uh, because we want to ensure the safety of our children. Uh, but there are a number of ways in which you can serve in that capacity. We are always looking for volunteers. In fact, you know, the staff is blessed with two volunteers that they spend their time. Uh, I don't know if you all know, and Walter, don't get a big head because I'm going to say this, but it's true nonetheless. Walter spends just as much time, if not more, than the rest of the staff getting things ready for us every Sunday. And he volunteers his time. And he does that, doesn't do that to be recognized, but I just want you all to know he does an amazing job, and I'm very thankful for him. Uh, and Wendy, uh, she's on a boat, I think, uh, cruising somewhere. She has spent a lot of time with us, and, and uh, because of things, she's got a new job. She can't volunteer as much, but for a long time, you know, she was uh, the pastor's personal assistant, getting things accomplished and doing a lot of things. And, and we've had volunteers come in. Uh, I know Barbara Thomason has come in and shredded a lot of paper for us. And I know, Barbara, you didn't want to recognize, but I'm thankful for you. You know, there's people that come and do things that just have a servant's heart. And they serve. And so there's a variety of ways. And so if you, if you come up to me after services today and says, I want, to, I want to serve, praise God, we'll find you a place. We'll find you a place. But there's another aspect of serving that you can see a need and fill a need. It doesn't have to be, and I'm, what I mean by this is it doesn't have to be a specific, specific, you know, like helping with audio and visual. It could be simply just ministering to people, right? We have people within the church that their care and concern for others, right? They might, but they might have learned that, hey, you know what? I, I, they, they just got home from the hospital, and I'm just going to drop by a meal that no one ever knows about. Amen. They just see a need, they feel a need. They don't have to have a title, they don't have to have a thing, they just, go, they just see it and they do it. It might be simply they might see someone hurting and just be present while the other person just shares the burden of their heart. You just don't understand what, how someone just simply listening can heal a broken heart. to see a need, to fill a need. You can serve outside the church. As a representative of the church, you can serve in like homeless shelters, pregnancy centers. You can go list, 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 just serving the community at large. Just serve. Why? Because you love Jesus and you love people. Amen. To serve. Because this is the goal of serving. I, I wrote this and rewrote it and scratched. I, I've wasted a lot of trees. And I'm still not satisfied, but I hope you understand my point. To encourage people to serve from a heart of a love for God and love for others for the purpose to make a spiritual impact in the church and beyond. Amen. Ministry is about people. And people need a personal touch. Jesus set the tone and the example for how we should minister and serve. And the question is, are we ready to wash people's feet? Are we willing to serve them and make an impact in their life? Because, you know, church is not about consuming. It's about giving. And I'm not talking about your money, even though that's pretty good. 
but what about of your own self for the need of someone else? How can God use you to impact another person's life? Because I know this, when you serve, the other person's life is not, is not the only one that's altered. Yours changes too. God impacts your life. And if you're not serving, you are missing out on a tremendous blessing. Let's encourage people to serve God, to love him and to love others that we can make an impact in someone else's life. So as if you stand with me this morning, and we are going to have a time of invitation, and I'd like really to invite you Maybe you're already serving. God bless you. Thank you. We appreciate your service. But maybe there's something that God has put upon your heart in an area of service that I would just ask you to follow God. Serve Him. You just, you just never know what God can do with a willing heart and helping somebody else. Think about what Jesus has done for you and really ask yourself, is it a small thing for me to serve because Jesus served me? I pray that you will develop or have a servant's heart. If you're here this morning, you know where that begins? By trusting Jesus. Because he gave his life in exchange for you that you could have forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, want you to know that he loves you he died for you and he's willing to save you if you call upon him and trust him God also desires service through his church really after salvation that first step of obedience is baptism and in church membership We want people to follow in obedience with Christ. And we desire that people would come with a heart for God, that they may serve God and serve others for the motivation of love. Maybe God has been putting on your heart that you need to follow the Lord in baptism, follow the Lord in coming and being a part of our family here at Faith Baptist Church. We would love to know. If you're a little shy coming forward, I'll be in the lobby. Just pull me aside and I'll pray with you. If you counsel with you, whatever you 
may need, that you might be able to follow Jesus and serve here. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and grace and mercy. Father, I thank you for the opportunities that we have here to serve you and to serve people that faith in all are. Father, I pray that you'll create in us and stir within our heart the desire to serve. Father, help us to, to see the needs of people. And if so, Lord, move in our hearts to fulfill that need. I pray, Lord, that through it all, through all our service, that it won't be us who's in the spotlight, but that your light will shine through and that people will see you and that you'll be honored and you'll be glorified. Father, we desire your name to be magnified as we serve others. And Father, we thank you for loving us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.